not safe, it's not safe, it's not safe, the not safe for church podcast. I want to welcome you to the not safe for church podcast where we serve the saints and the angels because Jesus is for everybody. I am your host, Raynal Tiba Amawali. Can, it feels so different in the studio tonight because I'm in a new spot. You know, it just feels very new. I was reading a post this morning and the post said new, new, new. I just speak new, 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 new over all y'all. But what you can do is you can subscribe, like, comment right now. Subscribe, like, comment. I need you to subscribe. I'm trying to get somewhere. But tonight I'm super excited. I have two amazing therapists on tonight. Well, somebody's about to be a therapist, but you know what I'm trying to say. I got Nate Johnson actually in the building. Yo, yo, yo. You know, I just love you, Nate. You're like my personal pastor. You're my friend. And you're like a soon to be like a real therapist, like a, a counselor. It's I'll crazy. be a real person. Yeah. Getting I mean, paid and everything. Yeah. I mean, you were already doing that like when you were in your in your previous That's right. thing. But ish. like, yeah. Ish. But like, it's legit now. Yeah. It's real deal. And then like, I have my blood cousin on the night, Lauren Jackson, all the way from Atlanta. Woo. Oh my gosh, she is in the building. I mean, you're not from Atlanta, but you know what I mean. Like, she's in Atlanta right no. now. You know, I I wish I was in Atlanta right now. Why? I don't know. I just I have an Atlanta spirit hovering over me. Oh, I want to wow. be in the city. I want to turn up. I want to. Woo! Well, I'm out here with the okay? I know. I think I'm gonna. No, I'm not gonna move there. I don't want to live there. It's too much. Too much hoeing in Atlanta <laughs> for me. Uh, and I don't, you know, when I, oh God, those people in Atlanta, it's just so much, so many beautiful black people. You know, that's my type. I'm not going to lie, but I'm open to whatever, you know, maybe, you know, God might send me a Hispanic. God might send me a white man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. And if that's what he sent me, I might, I just, I will have to walk into that. You know, but he gives gifts he and, gives, all, and every perfect gift comes, comes from him. From him. So. And it'll be a perfect gift that I wasn't expecting. Like. <laughs> A lot of the season of my life. It was, it's a perfect gift I was not expecting. But all right, tonight, before we get into our topic, we're going to be talking about uh, mental health from the lens of a therapist. Uh, I have to thank my partners. The first partner I want to thank is CrossFit Social City. Y'all know I love CrossFit Social City. That is my gym. I work out there, especially on the weekends when I have time. And uh, I just love that community there. It's a, a gym in Spring Valley. Check them out today. Make sure you tell them I sent you. And oh my gosh, I cannot forget the amazing name. And Emily Johnson, Ooh. who uh, helped sponsor this podcast, they have a store in the Arts District called For the Love LV. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing store. I shop there. I wear a lot of their pieces. I don't have anything on tonight, but if you're my normal life, I wear things, and I sometimes I borrow some of Emily's pieces from For the Love. Like you know, we're, we're friends like that, and you know, she gets some oversized things, and I might just wear it. So yeah, go to For the Love, check them out, and uh, yeah, there are two ways to support this podcast. You can, you can subscribe and share, totally free. You ain't gotta have no damn money. <laughs> You ain't got to have no money to do that. You know, people don't get how much support goes. Share the podcast right now. You should share it. You don't know what I'm going to talk about, but just trust that God has gave me a word for you tonight and share the dog on podcast. It's easy. And subscribe. If mm. you listen to it, why you ain't subscribe yet? <laughs> you know, I was going over through my numbers and in my numbers, it showed me that half the people that listen to it are not subscribed. What? But you know, some of them are ashamed because I remember when I used to watch people's podcasts and when I was super safe, I'm super safe still, but when I was, you know, not living in my truth, I didn't want everybody to know what I was watching. Mm. So I wouldn't subscribe. Yeah, yeah. But baby, ain't nobody looking at my subscribers. Just, <laughs> just subscribe. YouTube, <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. You can listen to it everywhere. Um, Oof. Subscribe and you can give and receive. Come on, I'm trying to raise the money for season four. Now this podcast looks nice, and if you mm. want me to keep doing it, I need the money. I need the coins. This is not going to Raynaud's closet. I know you think I wear different pieces all the time. I just had a lot of money when I worked at the church, and I used to shop every time. That was how I, you know, got through. Uh, I prayed and I and I shopped, and I don't do that a lot no more. So you can give to this podcast. This money's not going to me. It's going to the podcast. It's gonna go straight to Quan. Literally, I'm gonna get the money. I'm gonna give it to Quan so we can keep recording. Okay. All right. I'm gonna shut up about that but there's one more thing i want to say tonight one more thing y'all i really am i've been thinking about season four of this podcast and i believe in faith i believe we can speak things and faith without works is dead but faith with works is alive and i was listening to my auntie tabitha brown i know i said like i really know her and i really want her to come on this podcast i'm believing by faith that season four tabitha brown will be on the not safe for church podcast so this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna say it right now i'm gonna post this on my instagram my tiktok and everything else and y'all gonna tag her in this because we're gonna get tabitha brown in here and we're gonna show some people that when you believe by faith and you do the work when you tag her she's gonna be on this podcast 
That'd be a win. In Jesus' name. That'd be a win. That's, it, it is a win. It's happening. It is, it is done. In Jesus' name. Let's go. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. 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 Two or three. Amen, uh, Lauren. Lauren. Amen. All right. All right. Three. All right. Tabitha Brown, she's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Let's get into today's topic. My topic tonight is mental health. I am going to, uh, I, I'm hoping we leave tonight just leaving this conversation informed, inspired, and liberated uh, to dive into our own uh, personal journey of mental health. Um, I, for me, you know, counseling has been amazing. Shout out to my counselor, Janine. I love you so much. I mean, literally, that lady has walked me through the last mm. 1927 oh a long you know a long part of my life you know last seven years i think seven years yeah she's walked me through the last seven years and she's just been amazing and uh i just think that mental health is super important um i think it's something that uh, people don't talk about uh enough mm-hmm. so i'm just super excited tonight to have both you guys on lauren i would love um lauren and Nate, i would love if you guys could just open up kind of give people a brief introduction of who you are mm. and your background and how you got into the mental health space mm. lauren you go first okay um so my name is lauren michelle jackson i am a licensed clinical professional counselor i am a certified domestic violence professional and i'm also a um, certified life coach and consultant. And all those fancy titles mean um, God has definitely brought me here to help people in their mental health journey. Um, I actually started out in um, broadcast journalism. And I transitioned into therapy because when I came out of school in 2008, that was when the Great Recession happened. So I was interning at ABC and um, the Chicago Tribune And literally, when it was time for me to graduate, I almost had a job offer in CNN, fell through. Um, And so at that point in time, counseling was kind of on my mind, but it wasn't at the forefront. But I felt like I needed something to get up in the morning and be excited about. Mm So God ordered my steps to get into counseling. Um, I've been a therapist since 2011. And from that standpoint, I've worked for numerous Uh, mental health agencies. In 2018, I started my private practice, Cultivate Your Essence. It's based in Chicago, and we're opening up in Atlanta, Georgia later this year. And we'll be celebrating five years come October 8th of this year. So God is amazing in my story and how I even got here. But what I love about my practice in particular is that we are a mental health private practice um, where we serve people, women of color, while prioritizing black women's mental health. Now, that doesn't say we don't um, turn away from anybody, but we do try to create um, safe spaces for women specifically yeah. um, to get that, to have that voice there without there being any judgment and it to be really a safe space for them to come authentically as themselves. Yeah. So um, I've been doing this for a while. Um, for a while, but it, it's a blessing that I didn't know God was walking me into. Wow, that's amazing. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I am in, my name is Nate Johnson, and I'm in my last year in school. Come on. Praise God. To get a, uh, to get a master's. Yeah. Uh, shoot, get a master's in marriage, family counseling. And I think I found out today, instead of taking two classes and internship in the summer, I think I only need one class in the summer. Come About on. to do two in the fall. So anyway, I'm on that tail end now. I'm also um, in an internship, a practicum at a community counseling center. It's a nonprofit counseling center in the heart of Vegas, just down, down the street from where this is filmed. And uh, it's, yeah, it's people who are don't need. Don't tell people where we at. Oh, okay. Oh, we don't get people to show up. I don't want people. The whole crowd showing you, up when you, you know walk that, in. They're like, oh my God, right now, Where's right now. Right 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 no, nobody know me. Um, Not but, yet. But right, yes, yeah, like even right now, like uh, yeah, I'm serving people who are on probation and they have to meet with me as a counselor to be able to get through their 12 individual counseling sessions be able to move on so their record is clear and things like that. So and Nate is not here every week. So if you if you if you don't clear your record, don't come looking for me. <laughs> I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> and so I'm definitely in that pro- uh, process. I was a pastor for 15 years uh, in the evangelical non-denominational church. Loved it. Uh, but in 2020, when COVID hit, I knew there was a shift coming. And I think what happened for me turning into the counseling world was in my job, the role that my personality just was 
unique in the fact that I'm task oriented. Uh, it was a lot of events, a lot of planning, a lot of meetings to set up for the event, which I loved. Yeah. And then in COVID, people just really needed to talk. And I remember talking to people and even feeling that sense that I don't know the next time I can talk to this person because I'm so busy with all these events and planning stuff, getting Sunday ready that I just felt like I couldn't really pastor people who needed pastoring like one-on-one. And that wasn't my role. And I really started to seek that that was more and more my passion and desire. And I just, my personality couldn't do both at the same time. A lot of pastors can do the event and do Sundays and they can do individual counseling kind of stuff and meet with people. But for some reason that wasn't working for me. And I think, and Lauren, I don't know, maybe about you, who I'm becoming as a, as a counselor has also shifted me internally so much. And of course my faith and all that stuff is still connected, but in a church setting, it's just so different because it's so mm-hmm. a Sunday oriented and getting the sermon ready and getting everything ready where this one, you have to be ready on the spot yep. in front of the person, whatever they bring. And so yep. it has really impacted my internal process, which I really love. Like the Nate, the version of Nate right now is my favorite version of Nate because I've really settled more and more of my own health, more mm-hmm. my own mental health, emotional health, which of course will serve the people in front of me, which I'm really excited about. So that's been a big shift for me as a pastor as well. So. Yeah. yeah. In all honesty, your master's program is the most expensive therapy you will ever go Come on. Chew, for real. Because <laughs> you learn so much about yourself yeah. and who you're going to become as a therapist. Yeah. But also, too, you're, you're shredding of yourself yeah. in that process. Man, I write paper. I write papers now, Lauren, and I'm like so activated emotionally. I'm like, my goodness, talking about my family origin and like yep. processing different genogram stuff. I'm like, oh Lord, like I've, oh, I've, the I've, genograms. I've been, I got oh, things going God. on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, some people don't know. You know, my degree was in counseling. My my, That's my, what my was. bachelor's degree. That's right. And I remember taking some of the classes, being like, oh, this is interesting. And like we had. To, that's how I ended up even getting into counseling, uh, going to counseling because like. When you, it's your major, you have to go to at least one session. Yeah. And then I went to one session and uh, she kind of broke me. And she was like, <laughs> I'm going to see you next week. And uh, me and Janine have been tight ever since. That's right. But well, why do you guys believe mental health is such a big conversation right now? Like it's because it's out of nowhere. Do you believe it's like social media? Do you think what is causing it to be such a big conversation because 10 years ago, people were not talking about mental health. I honestly don't believe that it's coming out of nowhere. I think there has been more of a buildup and I definitely believe um, my generation probably helped to break that mold a little bit more because we were demanding it because we knew yeah. that our family members were not the go-to people. That's and right. When you really start to learn, these are unhealthy patterns. So why would I go to the people who are showing me these unhealthy patterns to help me do something differently. So I I do believe actually in the last 10 years, there has been more of a rise and an acceptance around it and the stigma has been dissociated from it. However, I think when COVID hit and so many things in 2020 was starting to hit like on a global scale, I think everybody was running to the fact of, okay, no, this isn't okay. No, me being home in my own house and having to deal with my own thoughts yes. is a lot. Um, because I I think I was year two in my um, practice before COVID hit. And when I say we were bursting at the seams and I didn't even have enough staff to accommodate everybody that was seeking um, therapy at that time. Mm, yeah. um, I think it was just more so... 2020 might have been the catalyst, but I feel like there's been a wave of this coming in the years preceding this. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I I was thinking the same thing about how um, the number of times people will now say, uh, you know, last week in my therapy session, my counselor said, I'm like, whoa, that is like something I hadn't heard. (laughs) You just don't hear as often. (laughs) Yeah. And I always always heard a line too, uh, behind every great person, every great leader, is a really fantastic therapist. And uh, I think that's also becoming more true. But I think celebrities uh, really help with that too. I think it's like Selena Gomez. I remember uh, listening to something about Michelle Williams when Destiny's Child was like going on this major yeah, tour. Yeah, and Michelle was supposed to come on here too. I was emailing oh, yeah. her. We were going back and forth and we never got, I don't know, Michelle. So Michelle somebody Williams. send this to Michelle. Yeah. So 
I don't know if you got a new assistant, but the, re- the assistant hasn't been responding. But <laughs> Michelle, because I know her, so you know, I, I feel like I could yeah. say stuff like that. That's but, right. You know. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, that's absolutely right. So they speak out on their mental illness and the depression. Michael Phelps, who the winningest gold, you know, medalist mm-hmm. in the Olympic, he talks about his depression and how therapies work for him. So you see a lot of other people speaking out. Shawn Mendes had to cancel his tour because of mental health yeah. and what he's going through and whatever that looks like. And so you have these people who are now finally speaking out, like you said earlier. I think TikTok celebrities are saying something. But yeah, I mean, hearing my parents, they didn't have this resource. They just had to grit it out. That's what they chose to do. I also think that research, uh, government funding has been a big help. And so whenever you have an issue, there's now evidence-based practices that say, oh, here's your issue. This is the culture you're in. Here's some practices and therapy that actually will now hit it right on the head. We don't have to mess around for 12 sessions. Like we can get it first session. And that's been a major breakthrough, I think, recently too, is that I can now search what I got going on and the mental health professional in your town or Mm -hmm. uh, telehealth that will guide you through exactly what you're going through. And that's a big breakthrough. So I think just all that's catching up. And uh, like you said, COVID definitely took us over the edge to seeking it more. And when you, gosh, when you have loved ones, who don't know what else to do with a child or their their spouse. And they say, I've done everything I can think of. Yeah. I also want to bring up to the taboo within church. I think in the Christian world, there's a, that sign of my church activity and spiritual health. If I still have to have a counselor, it must be a reflection of my own faith or potential yeah. practice as a, as a Christian. And I think we're kind of breaking through like, no, no, it's all God's using everybody to help each other as opposed to, oh, you need a counselor. Oh, your faith must not be where it is. Well, you know, one thing I often say, and thank God, because I think a lot more pastors are recognizing there is not, this is not their scope of work, right? Oh my goodness. Yes. Partnering with more pastors on creating more communication and understanding around that. But one thing I will tell people, especially when they're struggling with their faith, I said, now when your car breaks down, do you take that to your pastor? Or do you take it to your mechanic? My mechanic. Okay. If your arm is broken, do you take that to your pastor? Or do you take that to the ER? <laughs> I go to the ER. Come on. Okay. So why would you not take your mental health? Uh-huh. That's good. Where I'm trained, uh-huh. where I have license, where I actually Ooh. have to go get all these things to say I can work in healthcare. That's right. To help you, not fix. But help you. That's right. Why would you not come to me instead of going to your pastor? That's right. Now, yeah. if there's a spiritual issue, right? Spiritual struggle, faith stuff. Who do we go to? Right. I tell you what, Lauren, that was money because the, 15, yeah, the okay. 15 years of being a pastor, I've done some malpractice, man, <laughs> counseling people. I'm like, you know what? You should. I've been basically just preached to them for 45 minutes, yeah. and it just left my office. I'm like, I don't. I did. I definitely didn't do anything that I'm learning right now as a my degree. And but you know what was the funny time. thing? I think when more pastors are more transparent about that, yes, that gives more leeway to that. I have one pastor I was working with, um, and. I'm certified in domestic violence. So we had one um, one of his parishioners, I guess you could say, came to him. What's parishioners? He did not handle the... Or what, what do you call... The congregants? Or what do you call the people? I don't know. Oh, like, oh, like in the congregation. A church goer. A, mem- know, a member. You know, a church member. I've heard people say that before. Yeah. But I didn't get it. You know, I mean, I've been oh, my whole life. A sheep? A sheep in, parishioners? The, in the fold? Yeah. yeah. One of the members. A member, yeah, church, yeah, church member? I'm not a member of a church. I am looking for a church in Las Vegas. <laughs> Well, one of them came to the pastor (laughs) and I think he was trying to say, let me just pray over this or what is, or he might've mentioned, what did you do to kind of set it off? Yeah. And then that person went back to the abusive husband and got abused again. Uh, Lord. That was where he had the light bulb to say, okay, something isn't right. And I think God convicted him and and by the Lord's grace, he connected us together Mm. and I was able to do trainings like domestic violence training not just with him, but with his entire staff. And then that helped to be able to bridge a relationship to saying, hey, there's other resources outside of us that is outside of our scope that we can partner with to help. That's right. That's so good. And I also think that, you know, I was going to wait to get to the religion piece, but I think sometimes toxic religion can cause people to not deal with their issues. Mm. 
You know, I think sometimes we think like, man, God is going to fix it. God is going to this, this, this. But until you admit that you have a problem, God cannot fix anything. And I think that is why it's so important to have a counselor, to have a therapist. I think about, you know, even my own journey, like if I didn't have Janine, like, and I wasn't able to be honest, you know, when I was a pastor, like I could be honest with her. I could be like, oh my God, Janine, I was doing this, this, and this, 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 and this. And I could just be human. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when you are in religious spaces, it's, we say like everybody is safe, but really you are, I often feel like people are not safe to really express some of the things that they are going through because church people are human. So like if you're saying, man, my husband is beating me, they're going to got somebody might gossip about it. You know, if you're saying, um, I'm having suicidal thoughts, then people might be like, oh, you're not worthy enough to lead a ministry. So it's like, you can't really be, it's not really a safe place to be honest. And so that's why I think uh, therapy is so important. But I also think like, is what is the goal of therapy? Mm. Like, are you ever truly fixed? That's my question. No. Like, because so. No. <laughs> what is the goal? I, I think my biggest thing is what I tell people is what is your goal in coming into therapy? What do you want to get out of it? Right. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. My job is to help you connect the dots and understand your behaviors and how did we get here? So now if we understand ourselves, we're able to make better decisions moving forward, right? So then we're able to recognize the different patterns, how they show up, how we typically react and not necessarily take the time to respond. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes therapy, it it may be a continuum and sometimes it's a part of people's self-care. And then sometimes you might go to periods of your life where it's like, okay, I, I no longer need you, which is good. I'm supposed to work my way out of a job every day. And then sometimes it might be, let me take a break. Oh, no, let me come right back because somebody just re-triggered me all over again. That's right. So I need to come through and work through some more stuff. But one of the things I always say is that sometimes when you get triggered, it lets you know how far you've come in your journey. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So it lets you know, okay, I'm moving pretty good. Or wait a minute, this just brought something back up and I might need to work through it again. So I always tell my people, it's not my job to fix you. Yeah. And you'll never be fixed, so to speak, because life is a continuing journey. Every day, we have never lived that day before. So you don't know what's going to come at you. So you have to just have the skill set to know how do you want to respond to the different life stressors that's going to come your way. Because we live in a world where we're going to be stressed. We're going to be anxious. We're going to have depressive moments. We're going to have all these things because we don't get to control life as much as we would like to. Yeah. So you got to be able to move with the punches. That's right. You know, I was thinking of the analogy of an incredibly like beautiful, large mansion that Mm -hmm. we are like these giant houses. Mm -hmm. And if you let a house sit for 10, 20 years without doing anything to it, there's going to be some issues. And so to me, it comes to like somebody coming in and say, hey, my my water isn't running in the bathroom right now. I'm having a problem with my sink, you know? And then just like you said, let's look at the piping. Oh, it's feeding all the way down over here. Let's check out where that's come from and how we can fix it. And then I think what happens, just like any room that you might want to create or set up or buy furniture for, you go, you can get to a place in therapy where this particular problem issue you're going through you look at your room, which is your problem, and go, yeah. you know what? I'm content with this right now. I feel really yeah. safe in this room. This problem That's that good. used to be really intense, I feel really comfortable in it. There has been a problem in my life where um, two churches ago, man, I had major resentments. And in therapy, they just looked at that room. That I, It was a mess. I mean, it was just a hot mess. I'm like, here's the mess of my room. Can you walk in this room with me and just look around? And they were able to give me a different perspective that time in my life and who I was and how I was operating. And it almost immediately that room felt clean. It felt safe. I was like, Oh, this room, I feel good Mm -hmm. about this room now. Let's go to this other door. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's this other thing that's happening. And then sometimes, and learn, you know, this, you have this beautiful house and this room that's a little bit of a mess, but the foundation itself is a mess. And so you look at, that's when you look at childhood stuff and you look at just total thinking and believing, behaving and all that stuff. And you just start from the ground up and say, before I fix on this room, there's some other, there's a lot of underlying problems here, right? That's good. And so I love just mm-hmm. that analogy. And like you said, it just even us talking, even somebody listening to this podcast, they are now changed. 
like yeah. neurologically, chemically, something happens to us when we have moments like this. Yeah. We literally change our biology. Cells are falling off and creating new ones because of us talking and connecting like this. So mm-hmm. we literally are changing every day, which means we should never feel fixed. And then even biblically, right? We're running this race to the very yep. end, to the day of completion, which we, we will not see on this side of, yeah. side of earth, right? So anyway, that's all part of therapy. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that analogy too, because sometimes I feel like people will have these most pristine houses. Oh, uh, it looks good on the so outside. You don't see the mess on Ooh. the inside. Oh God, that is that is so mm. many people. Oof. I think sometimes I have lived long enough to experience a lot of different people. Yeah. And I think what I have learned is something can be so shiny on the inside, mm. but it'd be so on the outside, yeah. And I think we live in a world where we're always comparing. So we'll be on Instagram oh, yeah. like, oh, that person has this. That person, ha- oh my gosh, look at them. They have the perfect, but a lot of times, Shoo. it's it, everybody's trying to but do you the You don't work. know what it costs them to Ooh. get those things. <clears throat> mm. We'll talk about Vegas too. I mean, the facade of these buildings are unbelievable. Yeah. But man, the mess inside of people, what they're going through and- Mm-hmm. what they're sacrificing and uh, just it's it can be painful. So I think our, yeah, mm-hmm. America is that way. Like what looks good on the outside oh, was presentable, sure. but inside, that's why mental health is such a big deal because we were saying, I know it looked good and I know on the outside everything's fine or looks fine, but I'm, I'm in rehab or I have substance issues and yeah. no one knows about it. I was thinking when you're talking about pastors, pastors are, can be the loneliest people, like you said, secrets, their jobs are tied to what's going on inside. And like you said, you can Financially. Be, you can get let go because of an issue you're going through. So of mm. course you're not going to tell anybody because financially, yeah. your career, your path, all the things that God has set you up with. And then of course you throw spiritual language in it, calling, and this is where God's supposed to call me to be. I'm supposed to be serving these people, but yet this is this thing that's going to keep me away from it. Yeah. Why would I tell anybody about this? So anyway, pastors can be the loneliest people for no, sure. No, honestly, I want to piggyback off of that. Yeah. I do a series on my Instagram where it's called Confessions of a Therapist, mm. and it talks about all the different things that we as therapists go through yeah, and how a lot of times we still have to show up for our clients. Yeah. When we could be going through hell sure. in our own personal lives, right? Yeah. And so the idea that we have to be so well put together um, on a consistent basis. And then if you're not, people will question, well, how can you help me yeah. if you're going through all of this? That's right. Yeah. I, I think, and I, and I, I kind of want to park here for a little bit, little bit. What is the most challenging thing you see from religious people? Because this is not safe for church. Mm-hmm. What is like, as a therapist, and you know, even your background, I mean, you have a background working with people That's who right. are uh, extremely religious. Um, that was a little shade. I shouldn't have said it like that, oh. but I, I wanted to be like that. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't mean, I do mean it. Yeah. And God is working on me. Sure. But what do you think is the biggest challenge? I think, Lauren, what comes to mind to me is... Um, when your belief is stuck into, let's say, just one passage, or for sure what one pastor has said, or what your family has said about God, that just is mm-hmm. not true, yeah, or not true for mm-hmm. you, and to unlock that because it's such a strongly connected, God said this thing, to unpack mm-hmm. that alone, there's so many different wires and it's just sticky and you have to unlock stuff because you're touching on something that is very, very deeply rooted in their foundation. That's good. And to yeah. unlock that, something they're going through that's based off of scripture that potentially is a misinterpreted thing. Yeah. Uh, right. And again, or just doesn't work for them. It just yeah. it's, can be really, really messy for sure. You know, one thing that stands out for me, and I think I heard God keep telling me this, is the shame factor that comes oh, with Oh, yeah. It. Come yeah. on. So we we really, you know, shame is a... can We can't curse on here, right? You can't curse? Uh, oh, my God. It's not safe for church. What the fuck? I'm oh, that's right. Well, c- shame is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And the oh, reason why hell. I say that is because shame can be manipulated in so many ways that's right. in order to get that other person's needs that's met, right. right? That's right. So if I can hold you to this level of shame, well, this is what the Bible says, or this is how God interprets right. this. Or if I have a relationship with God where this is all he does to me, that's an uh, easy way to keep somebody stuck in that. Yeah. And so sometimes a lot of my sessions will just be, acknowledging the shame and trying to peel back the layers as to 
How do we get to this level? And if your relationship with God, if he's very sovereign, if he's forgiving, if he's all knowing, and if he knows the intentions of your heart, why wouldn't he forgive you? That's right. Why would he hold you back in this way? And then because Christianity is so dogmatic in some ways. Yeah. Um, one of the things I'm starting to see people do, it, including myself in some ways, they're running away from the church and really just trying to develop a relationship with God that makes the most Oof. sense to them. Yeah. And, and even that concept can seem so That's right. crazy. Yep. Because me and Raynald grew up in the same family. Mm. You go to church, that's it. You pray, that's it. You're you good. go about your, your business. And I was raised by a baby boomer. And I told her when I was 16, I can't talk to you or anybody else in this family to get this stuff right. I have to talk to somebody else. No. And and prayer is great. And prayer has got me through a lot. Come on. Um, but the way that I'm doing relationship with God now, especially coming out of 2020, is different. Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine going back to that other way. And so now it's like when I'm talking to clients, is letting them know they have the permission to do this thing differently That's right. and to let go of that shame yeah. and understand how the shame has played such a huge role in their life. Skill learn. Yeah. Because religion just sprinkles into every part. That's right. Yep. Oof. Yeah. That's so good. Appreciate I mean, I feel like literally like you guys are like preaching my life. I feel um <laughs> I literally went through that. I feel like I lived in shame for a long time mm. about where I was at, what I, who I, who I, I think sometimes when you are in religious spaces, you know, I think sometimes people think, uh, and I was telling my mom this other day, I was okay with being straight, quote unquote. Like, I didn't want to be gay. Like, I was okay with like yeah. getting married to a woman, being a worship leader. But then I was on the com- I was on the phone with someone and they said, Raynaud, if you're gay, it's okay. And then I had another mentor say that to me and they were both Christian people. And I was like, oh my gosh. So like in that moment, mm-hmm. the shame was like immediately released. Wow. And so now I'm in this weird space where for two years, literally for two years, I would literally be at church leading worship and go home and be depressed because now I'm okay with being Christian and gay, but I also know if I say it out loud to other That's people, right. everything will change. That's right. So literally, yep. I would have po- literally. Oh my gosh! The other day, I was watching this powerful moment when I led uh, I led worship at a church here in Las Vegas. Oh my gosh! It was a powerful night, and I mean, the spirit of the Lord just broke out. And I mean, I was watching it, and I remember just that moment, and I remember that same weekend. When I went home, mm. I caught my mom overwhelmed, crying like I don't want to live anymore. Wow. I didn't, I couldn't get the words mm-hmm. out, but that was how I felt because yeah. I knew if people knew what was really going on in the inside of me, and like I was singing from a place of freedom, like I would I would be who I was in the spirit, like just free. And God knew what I was gay, and He didn't care. But I knew if they knew, everything would change. And so for years, I I mean, literally two years, I walked through that. I mean, Nate, you were there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Megan and Steve, Emily, I mean, like y'all were all there walking me through that season, my highs and my lows. And literally it was like, man, shame. And I think also I, you have to be okay with my, my faith may not look like your faith. And I think in therapy, that's, okay. that's what unlocked, like, you know, in therapy, I feel like my counselor unlocked that. Yeah. Like, Oh, like, yeah, your mom may not ever see it. Your dad may not ever agree. And that's okay, but I'm not living to please them. I'm living to please God. And if I believe I'm pleasing God and, and in my heart, because he judges my heart and not my hour, everything will fall into place. Amen. The Bible says, seek ye first mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. If I'm seeking the kingdom of God first, everything else will fall into place. And people don't have to understand. You know, I believe if Jesus was here, people would probably be stoning him. Because he didn't do right. things what people how they thought he should. That's right. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. yeah, I they think they yeah. stoned him, didn't they? I mean, who come on, he went to the cross. Yeah. He's I mean, coming up. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. You're messing up power structures. That's you're gonna get yeah, you're gonna get yeah. hurt. Yeah. Absolutely. Mess up people's perceptions and mess up people's yeah, expectations of what they want you to do. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And I think one thing I always think about, mm. you know, I think about my life and how I have been like kind of uninvited from certain spaces and I and I you know I just think if the Bible say let everything that have breath praise the Lord mm. how would you stop a gay worship leader 
if it say everything, how could you stop my praise? Can God not hear my praise? Can I not lead people? But the thing is, I think when you, I don't know, for me, and I was talking to Nate about this earlier, and I just think that sometimes we can get so caught up in our calling, especially religious people, we can get so caught up in our calling be in, being in the church. But like I was listening to Pastor Darius and no, our, our calling is to be in the streets. Like somebody needs Jesus in corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. needs Jesus at the grocery store. That's right. Your yeah. your kids need Jesus. Your your family need like we're so focused yeah. in having a mic at a at a at a at a church. Yeah. That we're but missing Jesus the people. Was in the streets messing Woo. around with the common people. All That's the right. Time. Absolutely. That's where the ministry is because everybody in the church is quote unquote saved. You need to be bringing more people. And Jesus was preaching at church, way. and they were mad at what he was saying. So he had to get on the That's streets. He's more yeah. accepted there than he was in the place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if everybody is agreeing, that oh. just don't look like what Jesus was preaching. Jesus wasn't preaching stuff that was kumbaya. No. <laughs> you know, he was no. preaching stuff that people were like, what? You said what? We're mad at Love yep. your enemies. <laughs> what? Love yeah. your enemies. The greatest thing is love. <laughs> you know. You know people on the Sabbath. You're not allowed to do anything on the Sabbath. Yeah. Come on, and maybe ever heard so on a Sabbath, but that ain't none of my business. <laughs> but, but you know what? Just like the DSM is updated in so many ways, mm -hmm. I feel like the Bible should be going through that same thing. Well, too. tell everybody what the DSM is. What you say? Well, tell everybody what the DSM is. Oh, so that's the tool that we, that's the book that we use to help diagnose people with, right? Yeah. So, you know, if it's a depression, what's the different forms of depression it may be? If somebody's schizophrenic, what's the different forms of schizophrenia it may be? So that's our DSM. So every few years, and I think they're about to go through another one. That's right. Um, <laughs> Lord, we just got the five. But every so often, reading. I feel like not necessarily it needs to be uprooted, but I feel like it needs to be updated to what our years look like. Because it's different from before Christ when these were written. To yeah. 2023, where the world is completely different, and you could not take into effect technology, a more civilized and socialized society in that regard, right? Yeah. Even if you look at the minute things, we weren't supposed to eat seafood and all the other stuff. We were supposed to go to hell for that. So you know, it's like certain things we need to re we really need to take into consideration with that. Yeah, absolutely, Lauren. That's just yeah, it's, it's amazing. You guys, I'm just super excited that tonight we got to talk about mental health. Uh, I think one one question I want to ask you guys before I ask the uh, you know the ultimate question, uh, <laughs> how how do you make a client feel safe and how do you connect with the different clients because you guys probably connect with people who are different from you from your background like how do you find that area of connection or like and, and how do you help somebody that is probably so drastically different than you. You want me to go first? <laughs> well, uh, well, let me go first because I'm, I'm really dipping my toes in this and see if you can help me or correct me and I'll, I'll learn from you too. But yeah, like one of my clients right now um, has to see me and I'd uh, gotten out of prison and has 12 sessions with me and then they can uh, kind of be freed up, you know. And the first session was, you know, hey, what do you want to get out of this time we have together? It's like, I don't want to be here. I have to be here. And I'd have to say, yeah, I'm Nate, I'm an intern. You know, like this guy don't talk to me. Totally different background, totally different ethnicity, race, culture. And uh, at the end of that session, and for sure the beginning, we talked recently, this, we're now on an eighth session. And I said, hey, we're about to come to our end. You know, we have a few more sessions. You know, what do you want uh, to get out of, you know, what do you need for the rest of our time so yeah. you can, before you go? And he said, you know what, for me, just in this time, I just like talking to you. Wow. I was like, oh, why is that? He's like, I just have no one else to talk to. And this is different than I thought because I thought you're, you know, some sort of, you're going to like tell me what to do and fix me and you're the all-knowing person, but you're just like collaborating with me. That's good. And hearing my story, hear me out. And when I say the phrase to him, that completely makes sense why you would make this decision. Mm -hmm. What you just told me, because I know you now, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, to me, I wouldn't do that. That's, that seems off for a normal person, but because I know them, what they've gone through, I know exactly why they would make that decision. Yeah. So collaborating and uh, the, the most simplest thing, but it's very hard, and Lauren, maybe you would say this too, but being fully present with the person, when you do that, I mean, neurologically, biochemically, mm -hmm. something shifts because they know you're with them and you're for them all the way 
they've written confidentiality yeah. so they know you can't say anything. <laughs> just the setting alone goes, I get to talk whatever, like you said, with yeah. Janine, I get to say whatever I want and they are totally with me and for me and in a non-judgmental way, uh, yeah. they got me. And I'm telling you, I'm right now I'm seeking four uh, clients. None of them look like me. All of them have completely different stories and we're just so connected and I'm so for them. I cry in sessions. Yeah. They see that and I, I laugh with them when they make, like I'm just, I'm all in and yeah. I'm so excited and honored to be part of that journey. And they know that and I yeah. say that and I told a client the other day, if you're one of my kids, I'd be so proud of you to, that you, I'd love for you to be one of my kids just because wow. of your you journey. You already have too many. And I have too many. I don't <laughs> want any more, but I, I just, I love them that much and what they're doing. I'm so proud of them and they need to hear that. And yeah. I'm telling you, I think if I do that over and over again, just, and honestly, genuinely do that, um, that's all that matters, right? There's, that's a huge step, I think, to that yeah. connection from different people, different walks of life. I think the best thing that you said was the collaboration part. Mm -hmm. Because um, I've been doing this for a long time at this point, and I feel like COVID added some extra years on me. <laughs> but <laughs> one thing I would say that I think a lot of people um, forget is that your rapport with your client goes a long way. More than what the textbooks can teach you, more than the techniques that you're going to apply. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is... For me, connection is everything. And mm -hmm. especially, I still do telehealth. So we're still not back in person with people. Yeah, wow. And I genuinely allow for my clients, tell me your story. Mm. Just tell me your story. How did we get here? What made you say, hey, today's the day I wanted to, to start counseling? Because yeah. one, I want them to acknowledge, one, you are telling your story to a complete stranger who is here for you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But it's completely unbiased because I'm not like your mom. I'm not like your aunties. I'm not like your cousins. <laughs> and girl, we got the same family. So you know the right, motherfuckers exactly. got opinions. <laughs> Woo, if you're a Jackson, you got an opinion. They, people don't understand because people see my mom and my dad don't say a lot. So they're like, oh, you know, Raynaud, where do you get all that? That fire, that... Like, I'll let you know real quick, real nice, nasty. That is a Jackson. Jackson trait. <laughs> like, I'm strong. Like, yeah, I seem cool, but baby, I'll say something that's like a fireball <laughs> shot. <laughs> Try me if you want to. And we're from Chicago, so that don't make it no better. Period. <laughs> but no, honestly, um, I remember, it's funny. One of my clients, she's an older woman. And she holds like a high title in society. And it was so funny when they come in and like, hmm, what can you even help me with? Are you even old enough to be working with me? And I said, go ahead. Clearly you came here for a reason. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, the biggest thing is I let them come in with, with whatever their preconceived yeah. notions may be. But the more I start working with them and I'm showing up authentically myself. So you're always going to get Lauren Michelle Jackson each and every session. Mm -hmm. But I think when they realize I care too, I'm listening because I will bring stuff back. Now, it's only with my clients that I can remember stuff like this with. But I'll go all the way back to, well, remember when you said in session one and how this impacted Ooh, you? And, da -da -da -da. and they'll right. be like, oh. You're you listening. Actually yeah, I do. Yeah, I and I don't and I don't know I why, but my memory is so good. I don't have to write down anything. I just remember. But it's even little nuances like that where they it's a reminder to them, you know, you genuinely do care. Yeah. And I try to meet them where they're at because especially if they're people who may not be of my same culture, inform me, educate me. Because yeah. there may be some things that I don't know. That's right. And I'm okay to say, hey, I don't know. Teach me. And I'm not here to judge that. I'm not trying to show up like I know everything. I don't. Yeah. You are the best educator about you to me. So the more you help me, the more I can help you. That's right. And I, I mean, and I think a lot of people before the pandemic said, well, you need to be in person. No, genuineness can be detected whether you're over the phone, over the screen That's or whatever. Right. The energy and and the connection people have people just want to be seen and heard that's it and that's acknowledged it. and if they genuinely feel like they can get that from you you got them yep yeah big and win i think that's a big thing about society i think something lauren you were saying is man listening to people's story i think before society before people even have an opinion about things 
I think if we listen to people's story, we would see the world from a whole another lens. And oh, I think definitely. some people would probably not need as much therapy if we really listened yeah. to people's story before we oh, formed yeah. an oh, opinion. Goodness. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is for me to come in as a journalist into counseling, oh, I wow. feel like it enhanced it in both ways. Yeah. Like either way it goes. As a journalist, I had to come in blank canvas. Couldn't yep. come in with an objective. Same thing as a counselor. I have to come in blank canvas because even yep. when they're filling out their intake forms, you could read it and some of the things could sound similar to another client, but I can't come in like, oh, this is going to be the same. And I can only imagine, Nate, when you're dealing with people that are coming in, especially from incarceration, everybody got a different story. You might yeah. have ended up in the same place. Doesn't mean you can go in with the same treatment plan thinking that's going to be the same. No, no. And when I work, especially with domestic violence victims, we don't know how they got there. And I would work with women that are prominent to things that, you know, yep. maybe uh, not as prominent, but they all ended up in the same place. Yep. Yeah. There's no way of, of determining how we're going to get to this point because at some time we all need help. That's right. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. Y'all are the bomb.com. Like, Lauren, you know, Lauren, you're my cousin, so I've never seen you like in this light. And you're like the real deal. She's got some wisdom. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I got like, her real I mean, quick. You know, when you're with your family, like you're not, I don't even feel like I'm like this. You know what I mean? I'm no. way more she just, said. especially around y'all, I kind of like get into my little shell because I feel like. When? I don't, like I'd be, I don't think I'd be like, oh my gosh, like how I am right now. It's so many personalities. I don't think I get to be just bam. You know what's the funny part is like in our family, they would be, they were so, including your father and some of your aunts and uncles, they would be so quick to dismiss me like, oh, Lauren's just a therapist. She thinks she know everything. Da, 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 da. So now when what? stuff is going on, I am the first person they call or reach Come out. Come on. Say, yeah. Well, what do you think about, oh, no, remember? But clearly it does. Or my favorite is my mom would be like, don't be trying to therapize me. But then be the first one to tell her friends, well, you know, my thought is a therapist, right? Uh, so y'all can, yeah, I'd be like, why don't y'all listen? I, I just did, I didn't, Lord. I mean, so much. Well, I mean, I guess I've never had a, like a serious conversation. I mean, we have serious conversations, but never like serious. Yeah. Know her story. Hey, listen to her story. I mean, we, we, we had the better. Same, we come from the same family. We had the same doggone story, Nate. Uh, she's a whole little mind over there. Her, her own emotions. I mean, yeah, you're right. And, okay. You're right. And we're like kind of far. You know what? And I think even within that, one thing I've noticed <laughs> in our family, I think because I'm on the younger side of my generation, um, we we begin to break some of those generational curses yeah. by kind of pushing the door open. Yeah, because somebody in that family was gay. I don't care what nobody say. There's <laughs> too many gay people in this doggone family for one of them not to be gay. Yeah. Somebody was DL doing some stuff on the low, but that ain't my business. But <laughs> they, and you well, know, that I love wasn't you. what I yeah. was going to say. I was just saying in general, um, I think because and everybody has their own family traumas. But I think our generation, well, my my little singular generation by yeah. myself, um, and then like with you guys too, I think we we were forcing our parents to look at things differently, yep. to understand it, yep. to take mental health into serious consideration. Because yeah. yep. I know when I told my mom I needed to go to therapy, and she sat in on my first session, the look of Ooh. sheer shock on her face. Yeah. With some of the things that I was sharing with her, oh. it left her in confusion. Like, yeah. how could this be going on right in front of me? And I didn't know. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, but were you in a position where you wanted to listen? Oh. Yeah. And I even think about like my my parents, uh, I think. So good. I don't think they really knew how much I struggled with depression until it yeah. got really bad. And then they were like, oh, like he do need to talk to somebody. Like, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. he needs help. That's right. Like, he's calling me. Like, he, like this is not oh, just yeah. something for attention. Like, this is not Raynaud being funny. Like, that's right. So, I think, yeah, right. sometimes, and I don't know, I just really want to be happy. Like, I, and, 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 you know, I don't want, like, I don't want a church to make me happy. I don't want a position. I don't want a person to make, I want to be happy within myself. Yeah. And I know doing the yeah. work will lead me to that. And I think people Amen. think that struggle is your birthright when it isn't. Ooh. Come on. Okay. He already broke think, the curse. Yeah, I think it's it's a matter of we feel like we have to struggle for everything. If it's not, you know, hard to get there, then was it really worth it? When some things, 
it could be a matter of it really can be easier if you knew that within yourself, if you recognize that there were certain things that had they just been acknowledged or given some support around, none of this would have had to escalate to the way that it did. I mean, even taking away the stigma of some people may need medication, right? I know I was on anti-anxiety medication for yeah. a little bit and um, they tried to put me on antidepressants, but I advocated for myself. So I know I didn't need that. Is, is that like but, marijuana? Um, huh? <laughs> is that like weed? No. I oh. was actually on psychotropic medication. Okay. I'm just from a psychiatrist. I'm not saying I do we I was just asking. I mean, it's it well, it's legal in Illinois, so Well, I don't know um, what it is. It's my business. Um, but no, I I think even taking away the stigma around that to where sometimes it may not just be counseling. Sometimes you do may need medication to help you out. Sometimes it may be long term, sometimes it may be short term, yeah. but it's recognizing that whatever the case is, look at it as a full holistic way. How can I put myself in the best position to win at life? Not saying every day is going to be my winning season, but I can show up in my yeah. best version with all the supports that I may need. So that may mean a therapist, that may mean a psychiatrist, that may mean my pastor, that might be my life coach. Whatever it is that's on my team that's going to make me be at my best, I'm going to incorporate them. Yep. And I honestly don't think just previous generations had access yeah. or the education yeah. or the knowledge to even or would not be criticized for using. That's right. Be shamed. That's good. Yep. Goes back to shame. Back to shame. So, you know, I, I definitely think we've come a long way. We still have a long way to go, but we've come definitely a long way to where it's not taboo to say, oh, I have a therapist. No. Yeah, we yeah. all got therapists at this Come point. on, man. Come on. I love my therapist. Shout Absolutely. out to you, Janine. I love mine, too. Jessica Bill was I, I went to mine today. Six, oh, you did? Yeah, I went to mine today. Come on. Look at that. I'm all refreshed. That's right. Come on. You do look no, refreshed. Right. I feel great. You look a little whiter. Is that a good thing? Whiter? Yeah, like, is that good? Like, you know, refreshing? Am I glowing, though, in my uh, whiteness? Yes. Okay, good. Do you ever want to glow in whiteness, though? I don't know. Okay, uh, whiter means I need, like, a tan. So that's what it feels like I need. We say it politically correctly. I don't think you worded that correctly at all. Reynald? I mean, I was just asking, do I want to glow on blackness? I'm just saying, I do. Am, I, am I whiter, which means, you know, I need a tan. I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to ask that last question because I feel like we had such a powerful conversation. And I don't want to digress. You know, and I know Nate have experienced some not safe for church things because I've worked with him before at a church. But anyways, everybody for watching the not safe for church podcast i want to thank claiborne urban loops i want to thank my uh sponsors co-hosts and i don't even have my notes so i'm just going off my head um i want you to remember to subscribe and share it's totally free i want you to give and receive and i'm not just talking about money you might want to give and receive something else that's how nate and emily have four kids oh, and uh <laughs> yeah till the next time i you guys i want you to know jesus is for everybody he's for everybody i don't care what they told you and i know i be joking a lot but jesus is truly for everybody. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Until the next time.